Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Welcome to the Warriors Insider Podcast on NBCSportsBayArea.com. Introducing your host, Golden State Warriors Insider, Monty Poole. Welcome to the Warriors Insider Podcast on NBC Sports Bay Area, brought to you by Wendy's. I'm your host, Monty Poole, and today we have a special guest. Former Warriors coach, former Sacramento Kings coach, current Nevada Wolfpack coach, Eric Musselman. Coach, thanks for joining us. No, thanks so much for having me on, Monty. I uh, obviously wanted to get to you for a while, and we, we want to talk a little bit of basketball. And I'm going to start with uh, what your team was able to do uh, in March and April. Uh, a lot of people watched those games. I mean, the Wolfpack became sort of a national phenomenon there. You took your team to the Sweet 16 of the NCAA tournament. Uh, just what was that run like? Because I noticed you've been there three years now, and every year your team gets a little better. Yeah, we, I mean, we've had really good years, you know, the last three years. And obviously, uh, year one, it was all about, you know, how do we establish an identity, um, a style of play. Uh, we, you know, when we got the job, they were coming off uh, seven Division One wins. And, and uh, that first year, we went 20-plus. And was, we were able to win the uh, CBI championship, which is not the NCAA or not the NIT, but it, it is a postseason tournament that at that you know, particular stage uh, meant a lot to us uh, t- to win a tournament. It was a postseason tournament. And then mm-hmm. the goal in year two was, you know, how do we get to the NCAA tournament? And, and uh, we won the Mountain West regular season conference, and then we won um, 
you know, obviously the conference tournament that, that got us into the NCAA tournament, played mm-hmm. Iowa State and lost that game. And, and then this year had a great regular season, winning the Mountain West regular season. And, and then March Madness, it is what it is, Monty. It's, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, it takes on a life of its own. And, and um, you know, it was a, it was a, the game one was a draw where we were the, have, the higher seed against Texas and they were a team that was completely different than us with Mo Bamba inside at mm-hmm. you know seven foot and we have a bunch of guards we even start a, a center in Jordan Caroline who originally was a small forward for us in in his first year with us so we play small ball try to emulate a lot of what the Warriors do from an offensive standpoint and got behind by Texas you know down 12 with around five minutes to go and figured out a way to win and then the next uh, game we played Cincinnati and we were down 22 and um you know they were they were they were out playing us and and kicking our behinds and we didn't quit and found a way at the end to you know to win that game and and um you know then the third game when we get to the sweet 16 we finally play a team that you know is, is a team that that we felt from a talent standpoint uh that we matched up well with and and that was Loyola but um, you know, we just ran into a team that had great confidence. And when you have momentum in that tournament, it's just so unlike the NBA playoffs because at the end of the day in the NBA playoffs, the most talented team usually wins because of the series. Right. And that's not the case in a 40-minute March Madness game. Yeah, you can go out just because you have a bad night or because the other team is hotter than you on that night, and you're done. You know, that's that's sort of the appeal of March Madness is that – Every game is one and done. There is no two out of three or three out of five or four out of seven. So you got to live with what you have. But still, I mean, I watched your team quite a bit, and they they appeared to be really having fun playing the game uh, at, at a time when some teams can be a little nervous, a little tight. I would I would say you know probably the you know the the one area that I've changed dramatically in um, from the times that I coached. Uh, in Golden State is is our guy. We have a very very loose team. Uh, we have a very loose locker room, and we play a loose style. And, and guys that are friends of mine uh, that watch us play, Tom Thibodeau will text me or call me and say, "Have you lost your mind letting your team, you know, take the shots that you take?" And, um, but you know what? It's helped with recruiting. Um, we're getting a, a high level of, of players interested in playing in this style because. We do play fast. We do try to move the ball. We try to score in transition. Um, you know, and, and we demand a lot at the defensive end, but, but we give them a ton of freedom at the offensive end. And, and again, we, I mean, we've, I've been to back-to-back Warriors opening day, um, you know, training camp practices, and, mm-hmm. and feel really fortunate, Monty, to, 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 to see what they do. Um, and for Coach Kerr to allow us in that building, not only me, but, but our staff as mm-hmm. well, because, you know, them, the way that they talk about how many passes per game, we've implemented that uh, here where we have a goal of trying to get 200-plus passes every game and, and the spacing that you see from the Warriors and all those uh, the things that happen on the weak side, we call it pairs action, uh, where they might, you know, set a, a weak side flare for a guy like Clay Thompson. All those little concepts we've tried to add as well. You know, it, it looks like when I watch your team play, I see a lot of that in there. Um, and I, I think when 
uh, anybody plays your team, they also know that they're going to play a team that believes in itself. I mean, you, you got some transfers in there. And so these are not your 18 and 19-year-olds. I mean, some of them are 20, 21, 22 years old. How much has that helped you uh, sort of jumpstart things? I think it's helped us a, a lot. Um, you know, we have, you know, again, we've been here three years. And uh, in year one, we had, we had a, a really talented incoming freshman by the name of Cameron Oliver who grew up in Oakland and then moved to Sacramento as he got into his high school uh, and then Lindsey Drew, whose father obviously is with the Cavaliers now as an assistant coach, and um, and his son Lindsey, those two incoming freshmen were really the foundation for year one. And then we have another uh, player that we that we recruited as a freshman, Josh Hall, who's been here now for uh, for the last two years. And so those three freshmen um, all have had an impact. But really, what everybody talks about is our transfers because we've had so many of them along with those three freshmen. And, and uh, we do have experience. We do have guys from Power Five conferences, obviously Cody and Caleb Martin from NC State, and Kendall Stevens was from Purdue, and Hallis Cook from Iowa State. So we have guys that have played in big, big environments. And, and when we got to the tournament, uh, we saw the confidence that uh, when you're not a freshman or sophomore, um, and you and you have some experience under your belt, um, how that can benefit you. And and we always talk to our team about, hey, there's three runs in the game. You got to try to win two of those three runs. And you know, when we get down 22 to Cincinnati, or when we're down 12 to to Texas, uh, or last year we were down 26 points at New Mexico. We feel like because of our style of play and because we take so many threes. And we take so many threes in transition, um, you know, that, that, that no game is out of reach. And I think, you know, the one thing that we've probably been the most proud of is uh, going into our conference tournament, we were one of only two teams that had not lost uh, by double digits. And so um, our guys have great competitiveness and will to win. And, and uh, that's really hard to do in a college season uh, to keep games close and, and uh you know, and then you at least give yourself a chance down the end and stretch of games. Yeah, you, you mentioned the your time that you spend observing what the Warriors do, and and a lot of college college coaches kind of stick to college games and college schemes and so forth. But I mean, you're a basketball junkie, so I, I might I'm going to assume that you want to see any kind of basketball you can just to see what you can learn, what you can take away from it. Um, how closely do you watch the NBA game today? Because it's it's much different than it was when you were coaching with the Warriors. Well, I can tell you, every October, money like October one or two, my wife's like, not again, because as soon as I tell her that I've ordered <laughs> NBA league pass, she's like, it's like her worst nightmare. You know, she wants me to sit down and watch Scandal or Empire, um, and I, and I want to go. I want to tune in to all the NBA games starting at 4.30, and then obviously uh, the Warriors and, and Kings are not playing until 7.30 or 7 Pacific time. And um, So I've missed out on a lot of Scandal episodes, which is, which is disappointing, uh, but I do love to watch NBA games. Oh, man. Uh, but, you know, it is fun. I mean, you, you mentioned how you learned – you go back to your time with the Warriors, which has been 15 years now. Um, it's hard to believe that that much time has passed. But um, when you took that job, uh, describe the conditions that you guys operated under. Because to me, I mean, I've been around this team for a while now, for over 20 years. 
and and the way things are being done as a franchise are so different from the way they're being done where they, where they were done before. What do you what do you see? What did you feel like you got when you got there, and, and what are you able to glean from what you've uh, been around in terms in terms of how much time you're able to spend with the Warriors, just noticing what they do. Monty, can I come on about four straight of your podcast, and then we can go through all the differences? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, there's a lot of I them. Mean, I know that. There's a lot of differences. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, when you, when you sit back and, and look at uh, the synergy um, and the camaraderie from front office, uh, ownership, uh, coach, the camaraderie with the players, I mean, it, what it really is, and you don't get it in the NBA often, is you can see the connected, you know, how connected they are. Um, and that's the really, really neat thing. And, and uh, you know, when I, when I was coaching the Warriors, um, your first job, many, your, first, your first head coaching job in the NBA. I mean, you, it was. Yeah. Yep. And, it, and you know what? We had a great year. I mean, uh, uh, that year, our staff was runner-up to Greg Popovich um, in, the, in, the, in the coaching staff of the year award, and I think we won 17 more games than, than the year before. And, Sounds right. And uh, we had some enthusiasm. You know, there was some energy in the building, and, and, uh, and then, I, I, you know, I thought the turning point was because of the fact that Gilbert Arenas was a second-round pick and the way the contract rules were at the time, when he was able to uh, go as a free agent uh, to Washington, I thought, I thought that really changed uh, our entire outlook. So, you know, Gilbert leaves, obviously a young guy, promising future mm-hmm. all-star. Uh, and we had some other really good young players, obviously Troy Murphy and, and Jay Rich. And, um, you know, I, I felt like we had two centers in, in a Donald Foyle and Dampier that, that were really solid center combination at that time. And, um, and, and Boykins had done a great job for, for us. Earl had at the point guard spot in, in a backup role. And, and things kind of flipped when, when Gilbert left. And, and uh, you know, we had Cliff Robinson come in, Avery Johnson, Popeye Jones, three guys uh, that were all towards their end of their career. The veteran um, guys, veterans. Yeah. yeah, really veteran guys. And, and that changed where we were going um, and the landscape of, 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 of our franchise. And um, I thought if there, if there would have been a way to keep the young nucleus together, you know, I, I feel like uh, it was a playoff team in the making. But sometimes, you know, things don't work out that way just because of, uh, of free agency and stuff. And, I, you know, I know for myself, and I talk to young coaches about this all the time, like when you get a job as a young coach, it's always great, you know, because you're getting an unbelievable experience at a young age and so forth. But I certainly know that I'm way more prepared today uh, to coach uh, any team, whether it be a collegiate team, an NBA team, whatever, uh, than I was when I was coaching the Warriors. I am a better coach. I understand personalities better. Um, you know, I have different philosophies maybe that I've gained through working with other people and and uh, so it's 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 a blessing and a curse when you get a job at, at you know as a young coach. And um, I look at somebody like Tom Thibodeau, who's a really good friend of mine. And Tom got his first job when he was over fifty years old. And Chuck Daly, 
uh, who was a mentor to me and I worked with in Orlando. Coach Daly didn't get his first job until he was over 50. And uh, both those guys, because of all their experience as assistant coaches, and, and I thought you know, it really makes a difference. Um, and, again, I think sometimes when people are looking at coaches – not enough guys that are 50-plus get looked at because I use those two guys as great examples of, of how you can utilize your experience to really help you. You're listening to the voice of Eric Musselman as a part of the Warriors Insider podcast brought to you by Wendy's. If you have not been to Wendy's lately, let me tell you what they have. Great burgers, great chicken sandwiches, chili, salads, and, of course, the fabulous Frosty. So please go visit your neighborhood Wendy's whenever you get a chance to and uh, – Enjoy the fine dining at Wendy's. Uh, you mentioned also that Southwest avocado salad either. Oh yeah! <laughs> hey, you know about that, huh? <laughs> Good. Hey, you know what? That's you're right on with that. Right on point with that. So it is one of those things. Now, let me ask you this, Eric. What what advice would you give your younger self? I mean, now I mean I'm you're, you're now over fifty. So even though you don't look it. What would you tell your younger self uh, before you take the Warriors job? Uh, probably chill out, have patience. Um, you know, I think as you know, as a, my DNA, you know, today, yesterday, ten years ago, this has always been, you know, hey, win the next game, you know, in front of you uh, with short-term goal. Like, how do you win tonight? Uh, and I think as I've gotten older, it's yes, how do you win tonight, but how do you also get better next week and then get better at the end of the month and then get better going into the next month? And, and uh, that philosophy has really, really helped us here at Nevada because we, we've started off all three years pretty good, Monty, uh, but as the season has progressed, we just take it to a whole other level. And I think that you know, coaching in the NBA helps when you come to college because you understand how to save guys' legs uh, because it's a big part of an 82-game season at the NBA level. And you've got to learn to keep guys fresh because 82 games is a grind. And mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, I feel like our college guys, because of my antenna being up and saying, hey, we can't burn people out physically and mentally. And um, in reality, we've played the, the, the last three years with really six-and-a-half, seven-and-a-half guys mm-hmm. because we've had four of our 13 scholarships sitting out as transfers. So we don't have a very deep bench, so it becomes even more important uh, on how fresh our guys are. And, and um, you know, I think that that's probably the, the one thing that really stands out that I've gotten much better as as a coach is just understanding long-term, short-term, uh, and then how do you, uh, you know, get your guys to the finish line, so to speak, where they're playing at their best at the end of the year? Yeah, you know, the rap on you when you were with the Warriors was that, yeah, you know, uh, Coach, knows, he knows basketball. He knows how to coach, but, you know, he's a little rough around the edges. <laughs> so, <laughs> Maybe too intense is a good word. Yeah, that too, yeah. that I heard all, all those things. So now you, you go, uh, a couple of years later, you go to Sacramento and, um, the experience there, you're only there one year. Um, did you learn, what did you learn from that experience? Because it was very different from the one you had with the Warriors. You know, I think, I mean, as I look back at my coaching career, Monty, the, the year with uh, Sacramento was the hardest year uh, for me as a coach, for sure. It's the one year that I 
sit back and I look and say, you know what, I failed at that job. I, I didn't. I don't look back at the at the Golden State uh, two years. I don't look back at, at that as a failure. I mean, we you know we had a great first year and then we made a bunch of personnel changes and then there was management changes with with Chris Mullen and and uh, Gary St. Jean and so I don't. I, I I still wear Warriors gear around when I work out mm-hmm. when I. We have a home in the Bay Area, and when I go back, I, I mean, I'm a Warrior fan. I love watching them, and, and, uh, but the Kings was a different experience. And uh, the one thing that, again, you, you always learn, and, 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 and Sacramento had a lot of really good years, uh, and they had a coaching staff that was really, really good. Coach Rick was a great coach, had a great reputation, and it's really hard, and it's much different when you replace – uh, a guy that has unbelievable respect, and the players were used to his style. They they were used to really, really laid back practices, um, and a different environment uh, than what I came in with. And, and they had a veteran team, and um, some of the guys on that team I, I'm still friends with and still talk to a lot. Guys like Sharif Abdul Rahim and Mike Bibby. I mean, those guys are really, really great guys. Um, but it was a different and a difficult situation. And, um, you know, after I left, uh, Coach Reggie Theus got a crack at it, and Keith Smart was there. And <laughs> They've gone through a revolving door <laughs> of a revolving still, door of a revolving door over, up there. It's still pretty similar to, to when I was there. And, and um, they had it going for a long time, and, and now they've struggled a little bit uh, for 10 or 11 or 12, however many years it's been. Do you um... – now you're you're at Nevada now three years, uh, and and obviously uh, successful there. Uh, do you look forward to another chance at the NBA? I mean, how do you look at, at the next five, six, seven, eight years of your coaching career? I mean, do you afford yourself to, you know, maybe someday, or do you? How do you take that? No, you know, I mean, I like for me, you know, having a dad who coached in the NBA, also coached in college, and. And uh, not many people uh, get to coach an NBA team. Then there's very few that get to coach two. And, and so I had two, two opportunities uh, to coach in the league. And then I worked for so many great coaches as an assistant in the NBA, Chuck Daly and Doc Rivers and Mike Fratello. And, and um, you know, when you get to work around those type of people, um, you know, I feel like that was a, that was a perfect time in my life. Um, the travel and all that was really good, but now, uh, you know, I have a son that's getting ready to join us here at Nevada as a graduate assistant, and I like my free time with my wife at night, only playing 30 games, and she can go out of our 15 road games, she can go on 10 of those trips, and um, so for me, you know, professionally, it's great. I'm my own general manager. Um, No one else is picking players. Uh, you know, when we recruit a guy, it's the type of guy that, that we want, uh, that fits our mold. Um, and so, you know, being a head coach, being a, a GM, uh, has been good for me. And, and, uh, I love the NBA game. It's, you know, in my opinion, it's, it's obviously the greatest players. And I, and I truly believe the greatest coaches as well are coaching at the NBA level. But, but I, I love college. I, I love going to like our baseball games. Our, our baseball coach here is a good friend, and it's kind of a big extended family. I, I can't wait for football season to start and, 
and go uh, support Coach Jay. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a different environment and one that right now at this stage of my life I really enjoy being a part of. Pretty awesome, pretty awesome. Um, <clears throat> I got a few more for you before we let you go. One, uh, you, you, since you do still watch the NBA, do you have a favorite player or a favorite couple of players that you really enjoy watching? Um, I, you know, favorite team for sure is the Warriors to watch. Um, you know, I like to watch the Timberwolves just because Coach Thibodeau and I are friends. And, you know, favorite player in the league, I mean, I love watching Curry play. Uh, although I don't want my players to watch him because sometimes they'll try those three <laughs> balls that are eight feet behind the line. So <laughs> I'm not going to tell them to, to emulate his game because there's only one guy like that. Um, but I, I, there's so many guys that, you know, around the league that I like to watch and so many teams. I, you know, we're constantly um, picking things up from, from might be a side out of bounds that we see that Milwaukee Bucks run one night. We add. Uh, to, you know, to our package, and um, you know, I don't, I don't think that anybody other than the Warriors—that's that's the team that I try to watch as much as I possibly can. Why do I believe that a, a coach like you would really appreciate a guy like like Draymond Green? Well, I do love watching him. I love the intensity, um, you know, his enthusiasm. Um, you know, like we tell our guys, like we like them to show emotions. I want them to have fun. I want them to smile. I want them to celebrate after a dunk. You know, where there are some philosophies are, hey, we want our guys to be stoic. And, I mean, I want our guys to move on to the next play too. But I think a guy like Draymond, what he does is it, 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 it rubs off on other guys. Mm-hmm. Um, his enthusiasm, his intensity, you know, he can go from a smile to getting a technical. Um, and, 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 and when he gets that technical, it's because of his intensity and his will to win and his drive and, um, him, you know, sacrificing his body for the good of the team. All those things are, are, are things that we talk about all the time here. Last thing I wanted to ask you is this. Now you, you, um, obviously were influenced by your dad as a coach, but I mean, you mentioned Thibodeau, you mentioned Doc. I mean, who are some of the other people that you've have influenced where you are in terms of how you want to coach games these days? You know, it's interesting. So Doc Rivers was by far the best uh, pregame, halftime uh, motivator that I have, I've ever been around. Um, and he was phenomenal with the media. Uh, so that's kind of the, the Doc Rivers package that, you know, that, that I learned from and want to try to try to do pregame speeches like, like he had done and how he captivated his locker room. Um, with different ideas outside of basketball to give guys some motivation. And uh, from, a, from an X and O's technical standpoint, like I've never been around a better defensive coach than Mike Fratello. Uh, he was absolutely incredible defensively and teaching technique and demanding guys were in the exact certain spots. And then um, when, I, when I look at a guy like Lon Kruger, who I worked with with the Hawks, Coach Kruger was – the best people person that I've ever been around. He knew every person that worked in the building's first name. And, and the, you know, the one word to describe him would be gentleman. He's such an mm. incredible gentleman. And, and, then, and then I think back to Coach Daly, and I say he was an offensive genius. Uh, the way that he would change pick-and-roll angles and um, even substitutions. I remember sitting next to Coach Daly and, and I kept telling him, hey, 
we we got to get Vernon Maxwell out of the game. He's killing us. He's killing us. And Coach Daly kept letting him play, and then he called timeout. And as the guys were coming over, he goes, I'll show you how to sub Vernon Maxwell out. So he diagrams a play uh, for Vernon. And as they're going out of the huddle, Coach Daly says, hey, Vernon, why don't you take a blow right now? So Maxwell comes out of the game, and Coach Daly looks back because I was actually sitting kind of behind him at the Uh time. And he goes, that's how you sub Vernon Maxwell out. (laughs) So, So Mad Max thought the play was going to him. So he was happy about that. And coach took him out at the same time. So, <laughs> all, all those little, uh, you know, mind games that only a veteran Hall of Fame coach would know. And I could go on and on on, on things that Coach Daly would do uh, with certain guys. Horace Grant hated the practice, and Coach Daly basically cut a deal with him and said, "Horace, if you stretch." and you go through the first 10 minutes of practice when we're doing all of our light jogging, I'll get you out when we're banging and being physical. And they got through a whole year like that instead of the year before when Horace was sitting out, you know, almost every practice. Coach Daly was great uh, at getting guys to buy in. Awesome, awesome stuff. Uh, You were listening to the voice of Eric Musselman. And, uh, Coach, thanks for joining us, man. And, Good luck to the Wolf Pick Wolf Pack next year. Let's uh, let's see if they can get it going once again. Make another NCAA tournament run. No, that's the plan, Monty. We're a way too early preseason top fifteen team, and <laughs> and uh, we 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 hope that we could have another great year. And it's awesome to catch up with you. All right, appreciate it once again. Folks, you've been listening to the Warriors Insider Podcast brought to you by Wendy's. If you haven't already, please visit Apple Podcasts or Google Play to subscribe. And if you like our podcast, give us a rating and a review. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at NBCS Authentic. We'll be back next week with another great guest. Thanks for tuning in. Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.